You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Oh, man, a whole bunch to do on this Friday edition. So, uh, of course, let's roll the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up for today. Today is a Friday edition, so of course we get you our uh, net picks and chill pick for this week. But lots of stuff to do, and we will start. Let's begin with Jamal Adams. Hey, you thought I was going to say baseball. Ha ha, joke's on you. No, no. And most shows, either yesterday when this story first came out, or I'm assuming today, will, you know, most hosts will start by blasting Jamal Adams, right? How dare he come up with these this this, this trade request now? I would be like uh, first and foremost, I would like to thank Jamal Adams for bringing this up now. I am not a Jet fan, so I don't care about the internal turmoil that this will uh, present to the Jets. I'm just happy about having something different to talk about outside of the two idiots running the game of baseball. But we'll get to that a little bit later on. But, of course, you have Jamal Adams, who is ticked off. You just heard Michael Kay talk about it yesterday, right? Ticked off that his contract situation is just continuing to go on. It seems like a bit of a stalemate. He's not gotten his new contract, has not taken that next step. So what is his next step? It's not just to throw a hissy fit on social media. No, no. According to Rich Semini, he has requested a trade from the Jets. Now, according to the, all the reports, doesn't seem like the Jets have any interest in trading him. According to Rich, Adams could try to force their hand by being disruptive and staging a training camp holdout. He's upset because he feels the team is dragging its feet in terms of uh, you know the contract situation, has not gotten the new deal that he has been looking for as of yet. So he is not happy. The trade demand comes after he hinted earlier on Thursday in social media that he may want to be traded. Quote, maybe it's time to move on. The story does not end there. According to Adam Schefter, Adams would welcome a trade to one of seven teams. Oh, would he? Mm. The Baltimore Ravens, the Dallas Cowboys, the Houston Texans, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, the 49ers. And the Seahawks. Well, look, if, if past history, and look, we'll get through all this, 1-800-919-ESPN. Out of those seven teams, given what the team has given up in previous deals, now I don't know what they have left in terms of dealing things, but the first team that I would be looking to talk to if I were the New York Jets, like it's all about spotting the sucker in the room. The sucker in that room is the Houston Texans. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. As for Adams, you know the deal, right? 24 years old. Coming off another all-pro season, wins at every level of the defense, is by far the Jets' best player. Not your typical safety. He has been everything you wanted when you drafted him sixth overall. So what to do? That's the question, right? Do you trade your best player? Do you pay him now? And I've seen a lot of reports. You always see this every once in a while. Well, you know, if the deal is right. Oh, if the deal is right. Oh, so you're not saying just trade him 
pick up the phone. What? Yeah, Jamal Adams? Sure, you can have him. Hang up the phone. Yeah, obviously, if the deal is right, that's the question. Do you trade your best player or do you pay him now? Well, look, Jamal is an amazing player. He is their best player, as I said, by far. But to me, this is a question about many things, but it's a test of how close do you think the Jets are to being really good? Do you think that if next season, or this season, goes off on time, as scheduled, and it's played, as typically would be played, do you think this is the year the Jets are going to break through? Do you look at the end of last year and say, you know what, Jets won nine games, we're moving things in the right direction, the defense was locked down, Jamal is the best player on that defense, and this is going to be the year. This is the time. The Jets are on the cusp of something, maybe not special in terms of a championship or a deep playoff run, but this is the time where they're going to establish themselves on being, it's no longer going to be a question if they're on the right road, right? They're going to win 10 games. This is the first year where they're going to be like a perennial playoff team. Or do you look at the Jets and say, you know what? This is still a rebuilding situation. Yeah, I expect them to be better than they've been when they were winning four and five games. But I still look at this team as having some major holes to fill. And it's going to be another year or two before they're really ready to compete at that level of perennial playoff team, getting in the mix, getting in the tournament. And I think we kind of know the answer to that one. Now, Jamal has been great, but let's not get carried away. I keep seeing people tweet, well, you know, he's a game wrecker. He's a play-changing safety. Outside of abusing Daniel Jones in that game last year with the the game-changing play, He's not making that many plays. I mean, the Jets have won 16 games since he got here. So I don't think myself that I would trade him. But I'm not falling all over myself when he says jump, I say how high either. Mainly because for all the the things that he'll say on social media here, there, and everywhere, Jamal Adams may not like it, but he has no leverage. He can, can try to create whatever leverage he wants. But there is no leverage there. He's got two years left on his contract. As great as he's been, he's not been the best defensive player in the league where you say to yourself, oh, my God, I got to get this. You know, I, I just have to get this guy a new contract right now. Can't I can't risk ticking this guy off. He's a great player, but... It's not like he has changed the fortunes of the Jets' defense by himself. Now, again, I would not trade him. But just simply saying, well, I would not trade him, does not necessarily mean that I would just all of a sudden fall all over myself to make sure I get him paid right here, right now. And he has to kind of understand that. And it's pretty clear to me, I don't think the Jets will trade him, but... It's pretty clear to me that he has made it so that he wants – the biggest thing to him is getting paid. It doesn't matter where he gets paid from, right? So he can stomp his feet and try to make the Jets move quicker than they want. But there's not really much he can do outside of what he's been doing. You know, for all the talk of, oh, he could tra- hold out a training camp, we don't even know if there's going to be a training camp. So why would the Jets force their hand – 
in a situation where there is not really a deadline. Jamal can try to create these false deadlines all he wants by saying, well, I want this, I want that. He has no leverage. He has two years left on his contract. As great as he's been, he wants to be the highest paid safety in the league. He wants to be the highest, reportedly, the highest paid player on the Jets. It's really a battle he can't win if he wants to get paid by the Jets right at this second. And it's pretty clear, as I said, it doesn't, he doesn't seem like he really cares who he gets paid by. So he can stomp his feet and try to make the Jets move quicker than they want, but there's really not much he can do outside of, you know, popping off on social media. Now I've heard that Joe Douglas, oh my goodness, Joe Douglas, he's in a tough spot. He's in a tough spot. He's got his best player. He wants a contract now. Jets clearly don't want to pay him. Well, look, if Joe Douglas can't handle a situation like this, this is, this is what the job is. You, these things pop up all the time. And if he can't handle a situation like this, well, then maybe Joe Douglas is, is in over his head. He's got a player who's under contract for two more years, at least, right? Like even after that, the Jets could just continue to franchise tag him and all those type of things. So they, the Jets have the hammer here. Plus, when you're talking about a player as good as Jamal is, who wants a trade, if you're trading him someplace while he needs a contract, that's going to impact what you're able to get in return. I would say outside of the fact of the, the Houston Texans, that would be the one, the one that I would say maybe not. Um, he's, 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 he's not going anywhere if the Jets don't want him to go anywhere. So here's the thing. If the Jets are going to pay him, they will pay him. But I just don't think that you have to jump as soon as Jamal says so. Now there is a, there is a part of this. And I, again, I said, I would not trade Jamal. I would keep him. I would try to make him happy. And if for, you know, if push came to shove, I would try to, you know, NFL contracts are not really worth the paper that they're printed on. So if I, if I had to come up with some contract that, you know, gave him a raise right now, it wouldn't be as good as he might get a year from now because that's the timeline pretty clearly that the Jets want to operate on. But he does seem like, Jamal, a guy who will never be happy. Even after he gets this contract, he won't be happy then either. So there is, there is a degree of difficulty here, but the idea that, uh, you know, Joe Douglas, oh my goodness, he's in such a tough spot. There are far tougher things that Joe Douglas will encounter, whether or not then to, to how to handle the Jamal Adams situation. So the poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, kind of went with a, a bunch of uh, different ideas for today. Do you think that he would be on the team next year? Do you think the Jets will move him? What's the right way for the Jets to uh, to handle this? But I decided to go with a mano imano battle, man versus man. Who do you have more faith in long term? Right, Jamal's unhappy with his contract situation. So who do you have more faith in long term? Do you have more faith in Jamal Adams basically continuing to be this all pro caliber player? And that would mean that you'd want to pay him. Or are you sick of the drama? Are you sick of the contract negotiations, the public, you know, hissy fits that Jamal has thrown? And you have more faith in Joe Douglas being able to get a fair return for Jamal Adams. So that's the poll question. It's up on Twitter, 
at Gordon Damer. You can vote on it there. Barton Hahn, I think, right? We're going to be on with uh, Golik and Wingo. Do we have a time for that as of yet, Brian? All right. We do have a time, but uh, we'll figure out what that is. Uh, all right. So our uh, what we've been focusing on this morning. What's that, Brian? I got it. All right. 7.30 in the morning. 7.30. So if you're up and uh, rolling still at 7.30 doing what you're doing, Barton Hahn on with Golik. Bart Scott, actually. Bart oh, Scott. Oh, just Bart? I just thought it was Barton Bart no. Hahn. I thought uh, they both were going to be I on. I thought so, oh, too. That's... Come on, Alan. Well, Wake look, Bart, Bart is great anytime he's on, but I thought it was a special thing if Bart and Hahn were going to be both on. <sighs> I thought so, too. All right. I'm a well, little disappointed in Alan. You get half of what you were looking for there. <laughs> you all get right, so, half of Barton Hahn. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll see if we can wake up uh, Alan at 7.30 to get him on there as well. We'll see. Uh, okay, so the poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Dame, we're all about Jamal Adams. Who do you have more faith in long term? Right, it, it was a bunch of different ways. And we've, we've kind of, you know, when you do poll questions every single day, it's not like this is a new topic that's all of a sudden popped up. So I'm sure at some point we ran one about what to do. Do you trade him? Do you sign him? Blah, 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 blah. So we won't, I went with a little different direction today. Who do you have more faith in long term? Do you have more faith in Jamal Adams being Jamal Adams, right? A great all pro safety who, even though he's been on primarily bad teams, makes plays. He's a great player, clearly is one, uh, a player that under any circumstance, a guy you would want to build your team around, right? If you take Jamal Adams with the sixth pick in the draft, anybody you take with the sixth pick in the draft, you're hoping that person is going to be a foundational type player. And Jamal Adams has been that. Uh, for all the people who say, oh, you know, you don't pay safeties, blah, blah. He's, I think he, it's, it's more than just he's a safety. He is a playmaker on defense. Now, I don't get carried away. Uh, I can't remember who it was that I saw tweeted, oh, he's a game wrecker. I mean, he hasn't wrecked that many. I mean, the Jets have won 16 games in the three years he's been here. Now, that's primarily not been on him. It's been on the, the other people on the team. But it's not like it's not like you win just because you have Jamal Adams, right? It's not, he's not a pass rusher. He's not a quarterback. You know, as great of a safety as he is, you know, let's not get carried away. That's my thing. So do you have more faith that Jamal Adams is going to continue to just be lights out? And that means that you would pay him, right? If you believe that Jamal Adams is going to be, continue to be this unbelievable great player, then you'd pay him. Or, do you have more faith in Joe Douglas, the GM of the Jets? Do you have more faith that Joe Douglas will be able to work the phones and find an acceptable deal that would bring back fair value, if not overly fair value, right? Because if you're trading Jamal Adams, I don't think you're just trying to get, well, this is an acceptable deal. You're trying to get blown away. And it seems pretty clear that the Jets don't really have any interest in tra- trading Jamal Adams, and that's really the headline. As long as the Jets don't have any interest in trading Jamal Adams, they're not going to trade him because they have the hammer. They have all the leverages on their side. For all the, the hissy fits that Jamal wants to throw on, on, on Instagram or Twitter or here or there, there's not really that much he can do. Now, he can he can try to make himself a nuisance and 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 raise enough noise that maybe the Jets just get sick of things and and don't look at the actual impact on the football team. They just are sick of the drama and sick of the bad PR. But I don't think that that's going to happen. So unless they get blown away, I don't think that they're going to deal him. But in terms of who I have more faith in long term, and I got to be honest, I know it's early on, but the results so far, I think it's just that people are kind of sick of Jamal's act. If you're asking me who I have more faith in long term doing their job to the best of the the possible ability, it's clearly Jamal Adams. At least he has proven something on the field. He has proven 
that he is a great safety. He, you know, it's not just that he's a pro bowler. He is an all pro. That means you are the best one or two at your position. So if you're asking me who I have more faith in long term, it's clearly Jamal Adams. I, I know he's been here and, and the first year was a complete pass for Joe Douglas because, you know, he didn't run that first draft. This is the first draft that he's run. So, I mean, the jury is still pretty much out. Now, you might like the things that he did in the draft, or you might like the moves that he's made so far, but let's not make it out like we know that Joe Douglas for sure is going to be this amazing GM, or we know for sure that he is going to be able to to pull off, uh, you know, acceptable trade value for Jamal Adams. Now, there's a couple other narratives that are out there that uh, I think that are, 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 are nonsense. A... I've seen, well, you know what? This shows that Jamal Adams is not really a leader, right? If he were a leader, he would not be doing these kind of things. I think that's nonsense. Who are you talking about leading? You're not talking about leading the fans. You're talking about leading the players in the Jets locker room. And I, I, don't, I have not seen anybody say things one way or the other, but I'm assuming that most guys on the team like Jamal Adams, respect Jamal Adams, and they probably want him to get paid. Like he deserves to get paid. It's just it's not going to happen, I don't think, in the next month or two. I think that Jamal, unfortunately, is going to have to wait a year to get his money. And, again, he can stomp his feet all he wants. The leverage belongs to the New York Jets. And it's funny because he put out this <laughs> – the funniest thing of it, the whole thing might be the trade list that he came up with with all these teams. Oh, these are the teams that you would accept a trade to. Oh, my goodness, you would? Oh, my goodness. The Cowboys, the Ravens, the Texans, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Niners, the Seahawks. and the Okay, great. I don't know how many people have seen The Wire, but I think it's in the first season. There's a character, Jimmy McNulty, who's a, who's a cop who, you know, stirs up trouble for his bosses. And another character who sees some likeness in himself in, in, in the Jimmy McNulty character says, look, they're going to come to you at some point and tell you, where do you not want to go, Jimmy? And that's them setting you up to send you where you don't want to go. They're going to find out where you don't want to go, and then they're going to send you. So when they come to you and tell you that or ask you that, make sure you don't tell them where you really don't want to go. And it's really one of the good questions of the first season because McNulty, even with that advice, still tells them where he doesn't want to go. And then, spoiler alert, he gets sent to that place. So for Jamal Adams to put out – Again, this shows you that he's not really operating on planet Earth. He doesn't have a no-trade clause. He doesn't have any leverage to say, well, if – I don't know who. uh, Let's just pick a team. The Rams, right? The L.A. Rams come to the Jets and say, you know what? We're going to offer you two first-round picks for Jamal Adams. I think that that's the type of offer that would blow the Jets away, right? You don't generally get a player – especially not one at the safety position, not one of the premier positions, left tackle, quarterback, um, shutdown corner, pass rusher. You don't generally get one of those positions that is going to bring back two first-round picks, as good as um, Odell Beckham Jr. was. You didn't get two first-round picks for him. So I don't think you're going to get two first But let's say the Rams came to – well, then the Jets would send him to the Rams. This list of teams is absolutely meaningless, and if it were me – And I were the Jets, and I don't think, again, the Jets, by all accounts and measures, don't want to trade him. 
But if I were the Jets and I decided at some point, you know what, I have to get this guy out of here, either ownership comes to me and tells me, get this guy out of here, the last thing I'm doing is sending him to one of the teams that he wants to be sent to. So, no, I'm not uh, I'm not getting worked up one side or the other. But if you were asking me the poll question, which is uh, up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, who do I have more faith in? I think it's crazy. Three out of four people are saying Joe Douglas. Based on what? What has Joe Douglas done? Now, I get it. The, it's still an incomplete grade, if you will, because he, we haven't really seen a draft class of his go out there, and that's primarily what you're going to judge the GM on, not exclusively, but primarily. And we haven't seen what his draft class has been able to do as of yet. But what exactly are people basing their faith in Joe Douglas long-term on? I, I have to assume it's just the um, the public stance of Jamal Adams making it, you know, I guess people kind of get tired of things. And in fairness, Jamal Adams, for all the people, well, you know what, he has a contract, he signed a Contracts in the NFL are not, again, worth the paper that they're printed on. They get torn up all the time. The, the, the it's not guaranteed. You know, generally the, the the contract is not. It's not about the the money total. It's about the guaranteed money. So uh, I, I can understand why Jamal is frustrated, still playing on his rookie deal. But unfortunately, you know, as they say in The Godfather, it's the business we've chosen. It's the business we've chosen. You've chosen to play in the NFL, and this is kind of the the dynamic of playing in the NFL. So it's it, maybe it's unfair, and uh, under perfect situation, yeah, he deserve he has outperformed the contract that he has, and I would not trade him. But it's the, it's the deal, man. Very few players, and I don't think Jamal Adams is one of those guys that you make an exception for to pay him after three years. The Jets might end up doing that, but it has to it, again. It's the it's the New York Jets. It's not the New York Jamal Adams. So they have to do what's best for them and uh, operate on their own timeline, mainly because it would be very, very difficult to get fair market value for trading him. And the uncertainty surrounding the uh, NFL season, the NFL schedule, and the NFL salary cap. one 800 espn is the phone number. All right, let's hear some sound here. Uh, Rich Cimini was on last night with uh, Larry Hardesty on ESPN New York tonight. Rich has covered the Jets. I don't know that it that, that Rich is the longest he has to be pretty close longest tenured beat reporter for any sport. He has covered the Jets for a very very I think it's 30 plus years. So he obviously sees some similarities between Jamal Adams and of course Darrell Rivas. Yeah, no that's a really good comparison because well, I mean, Rebus was was just such a phenomenal player at that particular time in his career. I think they just told him, you cover this guy, and he had basically one half of the field. You know, mm-hmm. the Jets didn't have to worry about that half of the field. And with Jamal, it's a little different. Now, you're right. I think Greg Williams used him more as a blitzer. Uh, he, he rushed the passer more. Although, when you look at it, I think he had, what, five or six or seven sacks last year, and I think five of them came in two games. Uh, so it really clumped up, I think, against the Redskins. He had a field day because, you know, Haskins was so inexperienced and was really a deer in the headlights that day, and then the Jets really just took advantage of him. Um, but they did use him in, in different ways, and he, he is a catalyst on the defense. There's no doubt he brings a lot of energy, but he brings the headache. All right, so there's Rich talking about the uh, the combination of, uh, you know, the, very similar to the uh, Rebus situation, which the Jets eventually traded him away. 
And it really that was not the the mistake per se. The mistake really was bringing him back because that's when Revis kind of hit the wall and was just not the same player. Uh, here's Rich. Uh, what kind of money is Adams looking for? The highest paid safety in the league right now is Eddie Jackson of Chicago is fourteen point six million a year. Jamal not only wants to go past that, but he wants to set a new bar that is significantly higher than that. I've been told by people uh, around the situation who they think Jamal wants to be the highest paid player on the Jets. Right now, that goes to C.J. Mosley, their middle linebacker, who makes $17 million a year. So is a safety worth $17 million a year? I, I don't think the Jets feel that he is worth that much money. Well, look, if they don't feel like he's worth that kind of money... Well, then that kind of, le- if you're not going to pay him eventually, <laughs> then that changes the situation. I'm assuming that by saying you have no interest in trading him, it means that you've kind of come to the internal discussion, the internal decision that you're going to pay him. Now, you might not want to pay him right now because of the uncertainty and the fact that it's just three years in. Maybe that sets a bad precedent and all those type of things. But if you're not going to pay him uh, eventually, well, then obviously you trade him now. But I think that they have kind of come up with that decision that they're going to pay him they were okay making that decision all right so that's rich meany 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number 1-800-919-3776 uh let's go out to the phones this morning let's start off with uh steven staten island steve what's going on my man what's up jordan how's it going it's gordon but okay um, steve what's going on so i just wanted to try a minute about the poll question um obviously you're right who's better at the job right now it's going to be tomorrow adams as the way I was reading it is with the faith, I'm thinking long-term, who do we think is going to be better if they're doing their job that's going to be helpful for the Jets? I'm thinking long-term, it's going to be Joe Douglas. He's had more of an effect on them. Long-term, again, Joe Adams is a great player. I think he's always going to have something to chime in on. He's never going to be happy. Like you said, I 100% agree with you on that. The main thing with him is, like you said, he's always a headache. Um, he's supposed to be the leader of the team. He's supposed to be the best player. But out of that whole locker room, he's the only distraction every single year. Are you really looking for that in your player? I don't know. It's definitely uh, worth the money. A lot of fans say, you know, always pay him, always pay him, because it's on your wallet. But, you know, uh, long term, I'm going to say it's Joe Douglas for me. All right. Well, look, I mean, it, it, I guess you're going with the term faith, right? I mean, you have faith that Joe Douglas is going to be able to turn the team around. I, I would just say, Stephen, thanks for the call. That, that Joe Douglas has not done anything as of yet that you can point to and say, aha, for sure, this guy. I mean, I know he's well-respected around the league, and it seems like he's got a good handle on the situation on the job, but we don't know that yet. And, yes, obviously the GM – if you could ask and say who who's more important to building the team, the GM or just an all pro safety? Obviously, it's the GM. But I don't know that Joe Douglas is necessarily this amazing GM. I mean, what would you be basing that on? Just blind faith. That, that's what that would be. Blind faith. There's no evidence of that. Now you can say that the grade is incomplete so far, but. That's the only thing you can say. I don't think that you can say he's done a bad job. I don't think that there's any way you can go one way or the other. Jamal Adams, I know that Jamal Adams is a great player. Now, he might not be, you know, he's the best player on the Jets right now. He might not be the high, he doesn't deserve to be necessarily the highest paid player because of the position that he plays. But if you're asking me who I have more faith in long term, I have more faith in Jamal Adams continuing to be a great player. And in terms of the leadership stuff, again, if it's not affecting the players themselves, I mean, would you rather have guys who are not creating any distractions and are not great players, or would you rather have a great player 
that, you know, says things. I don't even know that he's creating any distraction. What distractions is he getting caused right now? Who is, who is be, if you're saying he's causing distractions, who is he distracting? I remember they used to say that about, uh, that, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. created a distraction with the Giants because he didn't show up at OTAs. He wasn't there. How could he be a distraction? It's just, I feel like it's just something that people say sometimes because they don't like, you know, the public perception of said player. And I get it. Jamal Adams' act might uh, kind of rub you the wrong way. But I can't get over that, that this many people are convinced that Joe Douglas is for sure the answer at GM. Uh, <laughs> show me what evidence you have to say that. And he hits me. Two-run home run, and now a solo blast. And Albert Pujols has tied Reggie Jackson with three home runs against the Rangers in Game 3. From the uh, 2011 World Series, Albert Pujols, your uh, moment of inspiration. Why Albert Pujols? 2011 World Series? I don't even remember the 2011 World Series, you're saying. Well, that might have something to do with it being like 5 o'clock in the morning. But no, Albert Pujols is the uh, moment of inspiration today. Don't know if you saw the story, but uh, the L.A. Times reporting that uh, Pujols saw that the Angels are one of the teams that is furloughing employees because of, you know, the uncertainty surrounding the season, the coronavirus pandemic, all that type of stuff. So he has decided to cover the salaries lost by staff members of the team in the Dominican. He has uh, decided to pay $180,000 in salaries lost by the staff members. That will cover them for five months of salary for those employees, according to that report. So awesome job by Albert Pujols. By all accounts, a really good dude and uh, doing a really good thing. So, um, you know, with the, the, that type of uh, situation being, you know, pretty common now, unfortunately, for a lot of people, not just in sports, but everywhere. Good job by Albert Pujols uh, stepping up and uh, doing the job there. So good stuff for this uh, Friday morning as we get your our moment of inspiration. All right. Uh, now, we, we went with the moment of inspiration. Let's go with the uh, moment of desperation. We've been speaking a lot about Jamal Adams. We'll continue to take your calls. one 800 919 ESPN, but uh, baseball another day without a deal, right? Seems like the back and forth is just continuing. Baseball presented the offer for 60 games. The players union didn't like that. They presented an offer for 70 games. Major League Baseball quickly rejected that proposal. Everything quickly, they quickly rejected it to tell you just how horrible it was. Uh, Rob Manfred quoted as saying, I told him, meaning Tony Clark, 70 games was simply impossible given the calendar and the public health situation. And then they went ahead and made that proposal anyway. Well, look, if you had two kids, I have two kids. If you had two kids and they were arguing over something where one of them was saying, I want 70 of this, and the other one was saying, I could only take 60, it would seem as a parent, of course, this is Father's Day coming up, right? It would seem, even for a dope like me, this one is easy to handle. I don't even have to get the wife involved on this one. I can handle this one all by my lonesome. You want 70? You want 60? 65 it is, kids. And if you don't like it, lump it, right? 
They don't really use that phrase anymore. If you don't like it, lump it. If you can't come up to a deal, and look, this might just be, again, the public dance of negotiation, which is exhausting at this point. These two idiots just going back and forth every single day. And Jen McCaffrey, who covers, I think, the Red Sox for The Athletic, had the perfect tweet yesterday. She said this, the whole negotiating process between these two idiots, she didn't say idiots, but these two idiots is like driving around town wasting gas in order to find the gas station that's selling gas one cent cheaper. It's absolutely right. Like you saying 70, you're saying 60. You're this close. You've, you've gone through all this, the, the whole back and forth process. You've turned everybody off as much as you possibly could. To get to this point now, can we stop making it out like everything is the worst thing ever? All oh, the players, Rob Manfred, were furious. Just shut up. Get a deal. Or you know what? Just go away. Just say, you know what? We couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. Even though we got through all these different things about money and guaranteed money. It's the, this is the simplest thing. A lot of times these things are difficult to figure out, right? What's the right thing to do on Jamal Adams? Well, look, it's a lot of different factors there. This one is as simple a decision as anyone in sports will ever have. One side says 70, the other says 60. Split the difference. You needed 24 hours to figure that out? You shouldn't need 24 seconds to figure that out. And again, we don't need Jeff Passan to tell us. He's told us a thousand times. The clock is ticking. Yes, we all realize the space-time continuum has not been put on hold. So yes, as the days are floating by here, it would seem like that this is the simplest thing you could possibly do. But, of course, it's baseball, so that's not the case. All right, our net picks and chill pick for this week. Well, I am still uh, making my way through our pick from last week, which is on Netflix, which is Jiri Haji. It is a uh, detective series. A Tokyo detective has to travel to London to uh, investigate a crime that may or may not involve his brother. It's fantastic. I have not made my way through it completely as of yet, but as I said last week, uh, nothing has taking me off this it might be the best show i've seen on netflix in terms of the, the tone the way it's set up the actors the way it's shot it's fantastic love it jiri haji g-i-r-i haji h-a-j-i uh so that one's great so i'm still making my way through that so i was been looking for things this week but i have not really been watching new things so i figured i would go and somebody brought this up and it's a it's a perfect pick and it, i think it was a net picks and chill pick at another time it's a series on, also you can find it on Netflix, called Broadchurch. Three seasons. Go with the first season, obviously. I think that that's, the, a lot of times the BBC America shows, it's like they come up with these concepts of the shows, and they only figure that there's going to be one season. And anything that goes beyond that one season, it's always like, oh, yeah, they're just going to cram it into, a, you know, like the, the story of the first season is told. They don't have to tell anything more on that first season, but now they got to come up with another plot point. To, to have more seasons. The first season is obviously the best one. It's, uh, eight episodes long. It's a, um, it's a whodunit, right? It's two detectives again, uh, trying to figure out the murder, uh, of a child in a small town. Uh, I think it's in, is it in England? I think it's in England. Maybe in Scotland. I'm not sure where, but it's fantastic. And it is a real whodunit. You'll be watching episodes and you'll think, ah, I think I have an idea who, no, no, no. It keeps going on and on, uh, but in a good way. 
So Broadchurch is the suggestion. Sensational first season, eight episodes. You can kind of fly by it in, uh, you know, shortly over a week. So that is our net picks and chill pick for this week. We open the show with Jamal and thanking Jamal for giving us something other than the baseball to talk about for a nice Friday. Wonderful news there. But, of course, Jet fans aren't too happy. He's not too happy. Reports the Jets are not happy with him. So there's a whole bunch of unhappiness surrounding Jamal Adams and his contract situation. He mouthed off yesterday on Instagram saying that it might be time to move on. According to our Rich Sabini, he has officially requested a trade of the Jets. Now, by all accounts... Jets have no interest in trading him, but we'll see. It only takes one team to make some crazy offer that would uh, maybe the Jets would find acceptable. And the fact that Joe Douglas was on board and was with the team when they were listening to offers previously, you have to at least leave the door open a crack that it is possible that he could be traded by the team, but it doesn't look like anything is really pressing right now, mainly because there's so much uncertainty surrounding the year, right? Like the, the, the pandemic has kind of made things and, and the closer I'm, I'm, I'm guessing we get to the football season, the more the realization is going to be for people that there's a very good possibility the NFL season might not be able to be pulled off. And before the Jamal Adams situation kind of reared its head again yesterday and one that we've, we've kind of talked about time and time again, I was thinking about a poll question of what, what sport is going to be the most impacted when it's all said and done. And you would have to think, just based on the number of people involved, the amount of things that you have to have go right for there to be a season, it would have to be football, right? Just based on what football is, the, the fact that you have people running into each other, tackling them to the ground, that if the situation doesn't greatly improve by September, if not before then, there's a very good chance, and we've all kind of just held out hope that because football and the NFL has been so steadfast in the fact that, oh, no, we're going to have a season, and oh, no, we're going to have the draft, if we have to do it this way, we'll do it this way. The closer we get to that time, unless something, again, dramatically changes throughout the country in terms of the, 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 the vaccine front, there's a very good chance that there is not going to be a football season. But let's put that on the side for now. Because you have the report from Rich Simeon, you have the report from Adam Schefter saying that uh, Adams would uh, welcome a trade to seven teams as if he's got some sort of no trade clause. We've been down this road before and all the, 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 the facts on Jamal's side remain the same, right? He's, he's a fantastic player. He's now been all pro two years in a row. He's been everything that you could possibly have wanted with the uh, sixth overall pick when you selected him, right? Of, of the things that he can control. He has controlled them very well. He's not just your typical safety. He is your best player. And the question is, do you pay him now? Do you pay him later? Do you trade him now? And I think the answer remains the same. Jamal is a fantastic player, but the real test to me, the real question of this is how close do you think you are to being really good? If you're going to break through this year, it's not like you're paying all that many people as it is, right? You don't have to pay Sam for another year. I know you have a couple of high-priced guys, and C.J. Mosley being one of them, but it's not like the Jets have a ton of money locked up in other people, so they could, if they wanted to, pay Jamal now. But are you really all that close to being a great team right now? Maybe not a great team, but certainly a far better team than you have been in Jamal's time with the club. Are you going to be a 10-win team and really establish that you are on the right road, or... Do you view the team as having a lot more work to do? And I think we know the answer to that one. Now, Jamal's been great, 
But again, let's not get carried away. You've won 16 games since he's gotten here. Now, I want, I would want to keep him. I would not want to trade him, mainly because the fact that you have to get not back just assets, but the fact that he's going to get paid wherever he goes is going to impact the assets that you're going to receive back. So I would not want to trade him. And I don't have to because he's got no leverage. The situation is the situation. So he wants to be the highest paid safety. I have no problem with that if I'm the Jets. And if he wants to be the highest paid player on the team, at least for now, I'm sure that there's some way that I can finagle the contract to at least make him in some term that's acceptable, the highest paid player. But it's really a battle that Jamal can't win. So if he wants to get paid by the Jets right at this second, I'm assuming that the Jets are okay with making him the highest paid safety and the highest paid player in some way, shape, or form. If they're not, well, then that then they have another decision to make, and that is to find the, the best acceptable deal that they can make. But the fact that they're saying that they have no interest in trading him means that, I guess, in their own minds, whether or not they vocalized it or not, they're okay with both of those statements, right? Making him the highest paid safety and making him the highest paid player on the team, at least for right now. But it's pretty clear at this point, Jamal does not care who he gets paid by. I don't get caught up in a lot of the other things about, oh, this is a sign that he's not a leader or all that nonsense. I don't, he doesn't have to lead the fans. He's got to lead the, the, the members of the team. And unless there's somebody out there on the team who's saying, you know what? This whole situation is distracting me from doing my job. Uh, I don't believe that that's the way other players look at it. I think that they probably respect Jamal because he's an amazing player and that they, you know, as long as it does not impact them getting paid, uh, they want him to get paid because they want to play with him on their team because they know how much of an impact he does make. All right, let's get some more phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Spike is in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, man? Hey, my friend. Good week listening and talking to you. I don't... Jamal Adams has no awareness of timing. I don't care if it's uh, John Adams, John Quincy Adams, and Jamal Adams should have a Sam Adams. What the hell's the matter with this guy at this point of time? When the season's up in the air, likely they're not going to play football, from what I'm hearing, Dr. Fauci said. And the other two sports, the, the country's in, in a mess. We don't know what COVID's going on, but he has to come out now when he has no control over his destiny. Tell me what he thinks he could possibly gain by this, and thanks for giving me all the time this week. All right, Spike. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I think he, he is looking at the situation as he is his own independent thing, right? Like, he doesn't view himself as a member of the Jets. He views himself as Jamal Adams' football player. And unfortunately for him, the situation, if you're a great player in football, it's very difficult to get paid after just three years in the league. But, I mean, he's reading the situation. I'm sure his management is kind of reading the situation and saying to themselves, you know what, we... It's all well and good to say, well, you know what, he's got a contract and all these type of things. NFL contracts, we've seen time and time again, are not really worth the uh, paper that they're printed on. And the, the fact that if he were to go out and, and and get hurt, if there is a next year, you know, whenever next year does eventually get started, uh, it's not like the Jets are going to say, you know what, in fairness, you were really, really good, so let's hold. No, he's his own independent thing, and he's not really worried about uh, the Jets or this team or that team. It seems like he's just worried about himself, and I can kind of understand that. So the timing of it with everything else that's going on, you know, $40 million, I don't look at it as like the baseball situation. The baseball situation, those are the people that are supposed to be in control of handling the sport, 
and and worrying about the PR of the sport. So for them to have the public battles and the public squabbles that they have had during the pandemic and the 40 million unemployed and all those type of things, I think that looks far worse than an individual player who's been complaining about his contract even before this situation has gone on. Unfortunately for Jamal, there's, there's only so many things that he can do to force the, the Jets' hand. So, And this is one of them that he can do. Now, I don't think that he's going to hold out. Again, all the leverage is on the side of the Jets. So it's, it seems like it's a battle that he can't really win. Of course, he's been playing for the Jets, so he should be used to that situation by now. Just a cheap shot. Just an absolute cheap shot that was not warranted at all. Uh, but uh, in terms of the poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, you can vote on that. What side do you have more faith in? Do you have more faith in Jamal Adams uh, long-term as continuing to be the great player he is? And I, again, I, the numbers just keep climbing. I guess it's just the, the public way it looks. Maybe th- that that is something that irritates people a whole lot more than I thought. But I would think that Jet fans would be able to read the situation correctly. And this is not really much of, of anything. I guess it is partly about Jamal Adams, but it's mostly about Joe Douglas. The fact that this many Jet fans are already sold that Joe Douglas absolutely knows what he's doing, will, will, will be able to handle this situation and come out with the best possible outcome. Uh, boy, I mean, that is, uh, it's faith, but it's, it's mostly blind faith because again, if you were to grade Joe Douglas on the job that he's done so far, anything outside of incomplete, Feels like a bit uh, of um, of optimism that I didn't know surrounded Jet fans. But that's the poll question for today. Who do you have more faith in long term doing their job to the best of their ability, uh, Jamal Adams or Joe Douglas? And so far, Joe Douglas has been running away with it. Now, it doesn't seem like the Jets have any interest in trading him. But uh, again, for all the people who will say, well, if the deal is right. Yeah, obviously, if the deal is right. If the deal is not. Is there anyone suggesting even if the deal is not right, trade him no matter a buttered bagel and a yoo-hoo? Done. Yoo-hoo is delicious, isn't it? Fantastic. I gotta get me some yoo-hoo. Where, where does a guy go to get a yoo-hoo, uh, during a pandemic? I'm not sure. Alright, that's gonna do it for us for today. Please, uh, vote on the, uh, poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. Uh, I am actually going to be back with you tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow at, uh, noon. After, uh, Dave is done, noon to two. So for all the people who have missed the Saturday show, yeah, I'll be back. And we'll see you tomorrow at noon, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.